You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. And if you want to get your money's worth, stay right here because you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. And remember, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. This is Don West here, and I'm telling you, knockouts and three counts is the podcast, baby. Make sure that's the one you check out, because buddy, like me, they're the real deal, baby. This is Jake the Snake Roberts. Just let me know. You need to listen to knockouts and three counts, or you'll see that damn snake again. This is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a.k.a. Shane T, boy. The baddest champion you've ever seen, boy. And you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. What up, though, everybody? This is Kyle, and you are listening to, watching, whatever the fuck you're doing. You're watching Knockouts and Three Counts. Corey, how in the hell are you? You know, man, another Tuesday, first day of the heavy snow. Woke up this morning, get all dressed, ready to go to work. Hop in the car, put the key in, turn, dead battery. That's how my day's going. That's not good, though. What the fuck? So what's the moral of the story? Clearly you survived. What the fuck happened? You know, you just have to sometimes burn vacation days that are unwanted to be used at that exact moment. But life goes on. That's what vacation days are for sometimes, though, man. That's it. But while we're uh, waiting for, for our uh, guest to join us here, we got quite a bit of news on the uh, MMA front released on the uh, in the last couple days. Um, I don't know if you've seen the news that uh, Leon Edwards is in the, the next uh, victim of the main event COVID uh, hit. But now that December 19th uh, main event is now canceled. And uh, Wonder Boy... Yeah, I can't talk already. Wonder Boy steps up against Jeff Neal for the new main event, moves into five rounds. Honestly, I think it was more deserving of the main event to begin with than uh, the Kazmat fight. The Kazmat fight just had so much attention on it. So, Well, so here's the thing, man. At this point, I hate to say it's almost a given, man, but until we can get COVID under control, you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Like, yep. literally, at any given time, any fight that's booked can fall mm-hmm. through. I mean, at this point, I mean, that's getting to be a given. Uh, I think either way, I think with that fight getting canceled or postponed or whatever they're going to do with it, those guys have already cemented their so- spot. And like you said, the co-main on that one was just as deserving, if not more deserving, of the main event spot on that one. Um, <laughs> there's... Another thing I wanted to get into before we get to our guest uh, is something that, you know, you made light of when we watched AEW Full Gear. And that's that, like, the matches that made you, you know, look into it, made you want to watch it, you know, like, damn, you know, I actually want to see, you know, what's going on with these things. You know, I watched uh, some of Monday Night Raw last night, man, and I just can't get over the fucking fact here that 
they just keep doing shit that don't make sense. Why can't anybody just beat somebody straight up? Like, I get it's pro wrestling and all, but son of a bitch, dude, like, they literally had seven matches in the last week that all had some kind of interference, some kind of bullshit, some kind of something. You know, while over on AEW side of things, you've got, they're actually trying to tap into some reality with the fact that Taz's kid is training with Cody Rhodes and they're feuding on TV. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, this... I want you to elaborate a little bit on what we were talking about with that, but like you had mentioned when we went to go see XICW, the things that had a little bit more realism to them were the things that made you be able to watch it. What what was it with storylines that made it hard for you to watch? And like, what was it about like matches like the tag match with the Young Bucks and FTR that made that one enjoyable to be able to watch? Well, all right. The, the fact that they played up on the action heavy made it more entertaining that's for damn sure but i mean like i say man it's just there's so much entertainment value when it comes to stuff that it, it's not necessary like i can once if i'm sitting in front of the screen and it's already on i can get entertained by what's in front of me but to go out of my way to actively search for it it's just i'm, I'm definitely not at that point yet I get you. No, I get you. I just, I meant as far as like you were talking about how when somebody can, the same as in an MMA fight. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that got Conor McGregor his rise to fucking fame. The guy can run his fucking mouth and you either wanted, oh, to, absolutely. You wanted to see him get his ass whooped or you wanted to see him, you know, win his fight. Either way, he made you want to see him fight. What I'm getting mm-hmm. at is the fact that they're playing into, you know, more real life things or, yeah. hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. The more you can do, the more you can do that. The more you're going to make somebody want to see it, and that's like one of my gripes with like how they keep doing them bullshit finishes. Because how do you build somebody if nobody can beat anybody straight up? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's just it's weird because my problem is too is I feel like a lot of these stories aren't so easy to just get into. I feel like, you know, like even when we start to have guests on and stuff, like you start to talk about they're affiliated with this faction. So not only should I know the guy themselves, but I need to know the four guys that they're with. And then this faction's feuding against that faction. And like, it's such a big net story that it's so like for me to dip my toe in now, I feel like I'm just like, I'm spreading it so thin. To tra- you know what I mean? Like before, back when wrestling was at its prime, I feel like that was a big thing that kind of drove it was the fact that it was like, there was a lot of real independent, like standout stars. You know what I mean? Like back in its heyday. And um, even though I feel like a lot of the, um, the like factions or whatever the proper word you'd want to use for it is, um, I feel like even though those help because they do draw popularity, you know, wherever one eye is looking, the other eye is going to, you know, catch attention. And, um, but that being said, I feel like that's one thing we don't see as much as maybe the count, the stars that kind of get out there. We haven't even, like even to the, even to the like 15 years ago, like you, you still had like the John Cena's and stuff like that. You still had the people that kind of cross that bridge. And I feel like you don't have that as much now. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You haven't had like a huge megastar mm-hmm. for them in quite a while. And I mean, that that crosses over into MMA too, which is why when like yeah. Ronda Rousey left, 
when John Jones had his issues with, you know, drugs and all the other shit, they didn't have another big star other than Conor McGregor, really, who they could, you know, they could put on a marquee and motherfuckers were just, you know, but but even, but the reversal to that is with MMA and especially the UFC, because it is such, such top tier talent. I mean, look at somebody like who we were just talking about, who was supposed to fight in the main event. Uh, Chimaev, he's only three fights in the UFC and he's main eventing over people like Wonderboy. You know, he came in and made an impact though. Exactly. Well, that's, and you can do that with, without making it a predicted outcome. You can absolutely do that with matchmaking 110%. And I feel like the UFC kind of felt the, the hand that uh, Khabib was on his way out and kind of read that card and said, Hey, we need somebody else of the similar, you know, stature and Muslim and speaks, you know, highly of family, but goes out there and I will smash you, you know? And, uh, I feel like even, I mean, honestly, his, uh, his style is obviously what got him to where he is and propelled him to keep the level of uh, hype that he's gotten. But uh, even like Israel Adesanya, I mean, what, two years ago, two and a half years ago, nobody could have told you who he was, you know, hardcore UFC fans, you know, wouldn't have been able to tell you. And now he's a belt holder for over a year, you know, so it's the commentator for Tyson Jones, which we we've got to talk We've yeah. got to talk about Tyson Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, absolutely. He did a pretty damn good job on commentary, and uh, Snoop Dogg and Mauro Ranallo filled a void that I never knew that I had. <laughs> like, I enjoyed the shit out of that commentary. Yep. Like, yep. Snoop's, I, like, uh, dictation of what was going on in that fight, dude, was fucking hilarious. But yeah. at the same time, was, like, on point. So, I mean, all in all... You know, we're obviously going to get into uh, talking with Josh Burns here in a second. He's about to jump in here in the live stream. Uh, We're going to be talking about his fight at BKFC 15 going on December 11th against Chris Sorrow. 3-0 guy, three knockouts, a lot to talk about there. But, man, I think that that Tyson versus Jones card did so much for boxing. And I said he's joining us, and we've got the man himself. Josh the Hammer Burns, how you doing, brother man? Well, can't hear him yet. Uh oh, he's getting he's getting himself situated. But but yeah, dude. All in all, that that fight was awesome. Like I said, yeah, I, I, it well well outlived my expectations. I mean, like the, even like you were saying with uh, Marion Renault, he he. Uh, he he kind of prefaces it going into the fight like don't have too high of expectations and then it completely outlived the expectations that were made for it so i will all in all expectations Corey. Huh? we're talking about expectations josh we've got some big expectations for watching what you're going to do on december 11th thanks for coming back to the show brother man how you doing doing good brother how are you Hey man, I can't complain. Just got done another day slinging the mail, you know, all that good shit. 
but uh we were just getting uh we were just getting to talking a little bit about uh the Tyson Jones fight before you got on and uh before we get into your fight I'd love to hear your thoughts on that fight did you watch the fight what do you think and from the things that you've seen what were your over- overall thoughts on that card No I think he's froze Oh Uh-oh Gosh, you there? Uh-oh. Well, one thing that I do want to touch on, since we uh, didn't necessarily get a chance to cover on it, the presentation was amazing, man. They they blew it out the park with the uh, presentation. That, w- that was my biggest highlight of the night, um, was what they were uh, able to do with such a small area. And it was uh, very, like, minimalistic with just, like, the black set with just a bar light across the top and stuff. But at the same time, it really kind of, it made you pay attention to the action, but also gave it a great showcase area. It, it, it was like a perfect mixture of the two. Um, only kind of partial complaint when it came to that end was the camera work wasn't always the greatest, but with any new promotion, you can't expect everything to go off without a hitch. And I thought, for the most part, that was fairly hitchless. I mean, like I said, the little bit of camera work, but like the lights in the background, the beam lights that they were doing to kind of portray like a, um, a ring in the background and stuff. It just, it, it was, it well outlived my expectations, man. It, oh, it really I, did. I agree completely. I love the look of it. Um, it's something that we talk about a lot when we watch the UFC fights. I wish. Yeah. You- they could get a little bit more theatrical with their, you know, entrances, kind of like yes. they were back in the day. Um, yeah. I definitely like the look of it, and it looks like here we go. We're trying for round two. It looks like we might have them back. Josh, y'all good, brother man? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got oh, you. Yeah. All Sorry right, you're all good, brother man. Technical difficulties. We were just talking about that, but we were just talking about the Tyson Jones fight. Did you get to see that at all? And if so, what'd you think? Yeah, uh, I did get to see it, and uh, I think both guys did what they had to do to, uh, you know, to, let's just say, survive. I think Tyson could have done a lot more, uh, but Jones was smart enough to tie him up, and, uh, you know, a lot of people dogging it, but at the end of the day, uh, man, you got to talk, these guys are in their 50s, and Tyson moved, and, and was faster than a lot of the heavyweights I've seen today in today's yep. game. So, and Roy, you know, he had a couple flashes of, uh, you know, brilliance in there where he, you know, uses footwork and stuff. But as I told a couple of people, uh, other interviews I had, uh, you guys remember with, with men, the last thing that goes on a man is power, strength, uh, yep. you know, mobility, speed, all that might go away. But the last thing to leave, and everyone knows because we call it old man strength. So, you know, Tyson still hit like a damn horse. And, you know, Roy, the day after the fight, Roy even said, he goes, you know, he hit me with one of those body shots and my whole body still hurts. So, you know, and that's just Roy being real. Um, I think, uh, you know, Roy did a lot of holding because once he got that body shot, I think it was in the second round, he knew, you know, he was out. He's outclassed as far as power because that's basically pretty much if they really went for it, I think Tyson would have won if they had gone all out, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. You could kind of see that Tyson was almost kind of leading him on at points, almost allowing him to clinch to kind of eat up a little bit of time in those rounds so that he could kind of almost do like a little 30 second of 
real boxing. Um, then just eat away the rest of the, the shorter rounds kind of really led into that too, with the fact that uh, Jones was constantly doing the clinching and stuff. It, I still found it entertaining as hell. I would like to see Tyson go in there with somebody that was maybe a little less scared of the power. You know, I felt that that was the issue with Roy is maybe Roy was kind of just, he felt it. He felt that Tyson's, like you said, still had that old man strength and was putting it on him, man. Um, he kind of pulled a couple of the punches to the head. I felt like he wasn't putting, uh, he wasn't really stepping into him like he was those body shots. But I mean, that's, that's kind of what you have to do to keep, uh, keep things going in a old man fight like that. You know, I found it entertaining as hell though. Still. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was entertaining. I think Tyson's hands still look fast and, uh, you know, you got to think Roy was it three of his last five fights. He was knocked out. Yeah. So, and when Tyson lost to like Lewis and people like that got knocked down, he wasn't knocked out. It was just, he was tired. He was out of shape. He was just done. He didn't have the fire, you know, so he just got knocked down, but he was, it was, the fire was gone. He, you know, didn't have the, in my opinion, didn't have the desire per se, but uh, Jones straight up has, you know, lost consciousness. And as a fighter, we all know once it happens once it becomes easier, the second, the third, the fourth, and if you're stupid enough being there for the fifth, you know, it's going to come real easy. Well, you talk about the fire, man. It's great to see that you're going to be back in action here December 11th. Obviously, the last time we talked to you, it was before your first original bout set up with BKFC with Sam Shoemaker. Uh, Tell me, you know, what are your thoughts on finally being able to get back in the ring here? And how are you feeling on the long uh, on the long layoff? Feeling good. Um, You know, the Sam Shoemaker just fell through multiple times. Obviously, the first time was not on either one of us. We both showed up to Kansas for the fight. And they canceled it the day before. The state did. Uh, but after that, we had two or three other chances to make it happen. And I wasn't the one that pulled out. I wasn't the one that came up with excuses. So, um, you know, see, Sam seems like a nice guy. But at the end of the day, man, I just want to fight. And it, the situation doesn't have to be perfect. I'm a fighter. So if you're a fighter, you fight whether you're 100% or not. So uh, when I went down to Kansas this last time and he pulled out, you know, had a talk with the owners. I mean, they pulled me aside and said, look, this is this has happened too many times. You know, what do you think about, you know, Chris Sorrow? And, uh, you know, of course, you know me. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'll, I'll fight him, you know, and then I had to look him up, see who he was. Uh, so I'm just excited to be able to actually find somebody that, that was willing to fight and, uh, you know, just get it on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely agree. So one thing you mentioned uh, with your new opponent and Chris Sorrow, when I was doing my research uh, before the show, you know, I saw that he's three and O in BKFC, but he doesn't have, you know, the wealth of experience that you do. Um, how much of a difference do you think that that'll make, even though some of your experience obviously comes in the MMA cage, but I mean, you've got just more time in there than Chris Sorrow does. Yeah, you know, um, I got 10 fights and bare knuckles. So, uh, I, to be honest with you, uh, Chris is an unknown, you know, which always makes it dangerous being an unknown guy. I mean, he's all shredded up and, you know, got that Greek body type look. And, you know, he plays the part. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, just like you, you know, you always, you break your opponents down because you never, disres- you know, you don't want to disrespect opponent or, or underestimate an opponent. And 
So, you know, do a little research on the guy. You know, he calls himself Chris Golden Glove Sorrow. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. So he calls himself Golden Gloves. I ain't never heard that before. It's a little bit cheesy, but we'll check it out. And I've got, you know, I've got three Golden Gloves under me, uh, two Silver Gloves. They don't do Silver Gloves anymore. But back in uh, Southern California, when I was a young buck, they did. And so I've got five uh, amateur, you know, pretty solid, uh, you know, titles, experience, whatever you want to call it. Uh <laughs> Chris Sorrow, uh, you know, yeah, he fought in Golden Gloves, and it was in uh, Northern Maine or some shit like that. And it's not that hard. Now, today, today's day and age, you can't hide. They keep really good records of stuff. And this dude goes up, he fights one fight for the Northern Golden Gloves, uh, whatever, and there was no heavyweight there. So he bumped up to super heavyweight, which any fighter can tell you in the amateur ranks, most guys that are super heavyweights, are guys that are way out of way out of shape or way overweight. Uh, they're not going to be massive problems in the ring um, unless they're just some phenom, you know? And anyways, <laughs> I the bottom line is pretty, pretty sloppy. He won. Now he's in the BKFC. Uh, he's fought twice in the BKFC and both times, he fought two guys that had no experience. One guy's named John McAllister, who I know, a uh, really good guy. got a heart of gold, man. Guy's got balls to steal to fight anybody. And uh, thing is, he's 5'9 and weighs 200 pounds and probably should fight about 175. So he was but <laughs> took the fight, uh, always take care of his family. And uh, he got in there, you know, not a, just like Chris, didn't have any experience in the bare knuckle world, but there was enough disparity there to, to say, okay, that's not really something you're going to hang your hat on. And then the uh, second fight he had is with Victor Jones here in Michigan. We all know Victor, God bless him, but Victor don't like hands. So what the hell he was thinking about going in the bare knuckle for is beyond you and I, but yeah. he went in there, you know, he, he went in, you watch him for, yeah, for a minute, he looked okay. He was moving, trying to stay out of the way. And then he got hit, you know, square hit on the jaw and he didn't get knocked out. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. The motherfucker sat on his ass, wiped his nose, looked at his hand, put his hands on his knees, sitting on his butt, leaning on the on the cage and or the ring, and looked at the ref, waited till the ref said ten, and then popped right up with it right to his feet. So, I mean, to me, that's that's somebody who just showed up for a fucking payday. So, my opinion is Chris Silas fought nobody, and he's not been pressured, he's not been hit, and you know, I honestly believe, you know, he's super amateurish. He might hit hard, but guess what? Every fucking heavyweight hits hard. Now, are you are you world class puncher? I don't see it. So, I believe I'm in there with so the one thing ever. He was a bat, and I can take you with the fuck sledgehammer. You know, over his head, and you know that that's just the end of the day. So. Now that you're finally getting your crack with BKFC and stuff, man, like what are your thoughts on just obviously the different conditions than what, you know, obviously you'd be expecting at a BKFC fight. Uh, I mean, obviously, do you know if you're going to have any fans at this one or are they one of the states that's still completely out with fans too? No, I th- Mississippi, I think uh, it's a lot more latched. They're, they're not psycho like here in Michigan. So, uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a crowd, you know, an open venue. So there'll be people there. Whether or not, I mean, I have people <clears throat> there for me or not, 
maybe I don't know about hometown people, but I mean, I'm pretty well known or well known enough to have, you know, a nice little section of people that would be sharing for me down there in Mississippi. Do you think that, do you think that the pandemic as a whole, like, has it changed anything for you? Like, uh, as far as your training camp or how you've had to get ready or even like your mindset for the fight? Well, you gotta think, man, I, I've been trained since February. Uh, yeah. you know, I caught the, I caught the COVID and whatever after March, after that March thing, had it for like five days. We had every Sunday we could have, but I mean, no worse than a fucking cold and got over it in 10 days, tested clear. And, you know, I'm blessed in the fact that I have gyms that I've never stopped training. I've trained all the way through. So nothing's really changed for me. It's just, it's more or less just the, uh, the get up, get down for the, uh, for the fights that's always that's always a mental thing it's not a physical thing it's a mental thing so you know you're always trying to peak at the right time and then get down there and then the fight's called off or you get ready to go and then they're calling you the week of the fight saying the fight's off and then you actually physically go down and then the fight's off so it's more of a mental thing but having a strong team and support system around me which i do i really don't feel like uh i've personally not been affected per se by uh training wise all right, Corey, while well, I've been running my mouth for a minute, I saw you had a couple questions in there, so here's your shot. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've had fairly limited interaction other than the fact of a couple negative phone calls and stuff from BKFC, but what you have dealt with them so far, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the thought on what you've dealt with behind the scenes, and then what's your thoughts of what you've seen from a production level like on, the sh- on their shows? Uh, as far as BKFC... Um... You know, to be honest with you, uh, man, it's just, it's a world of difference. I mean, I was in, I was over at the BKB over in Europe, which they had a nice yep. little setup too. You know, they had a good setup, which was respectable. Um, you know, they kind of don't, you know, their guys are just kind of just winging. They don't know what they're doing. They're learning as they go, which is respectable. Um, but, you know, I've been to UFC shows, you know, I was supposed to fight Gregor Gonzaga that got canceled. Then I fought for Bellator and all the times I fought for Bellator, high production, high, you know, uh, level of professionalism. And I was at the last fight for BKFC. And to be dead honest with you, it literally reminded me of just the same thing as like when I was at Bellator, uh, same high level production, TV, everything, everything's on a, you know, uh, when they come back to your dressing room, Hey, you're fighting in five minutes. You're walking out five. 459 you're standing at the you know the 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 board and you're ready to walk out so which is cool so uh i think it's a super professional organization they're still learning uh you know as it goes as well but uh got a lot of high hopes for them well it seems like they've been making a lot of positive steps i mean even even me i i I jokingly call myself a fight degenerate all the damn time i watch pretty much every damn thing there is out there um I'm a new subscriber. I actually paid into their uh, subscription service and with their last card. And I just, the reason being is I seen a lot of growth. I seen the fact that once they came back from the uh, pandemic, that they're trying to do consistent shows. Um, they're not charging an exorbitant rate to be a subscriber. Um, I just like the steps that they're taking, man. It seems like they're moving in the right direction. That's for damn sure. They're starting to really build a, um, a bit of a fanfare over here too. That's for damn sure. You hear everybody talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, uh, they definitely gained traction here and, uh, 
I don't see it stopping. And, you know, Dave Feldman and Nate Shook, I mean, they're doing everything in their power to maneuver and do whatever they can to keep shows going. And whether, whether or not there's no crowd, a limited crowd or an open crowd, they're, they're still getting it done, which is really nice. Yeah, it's one thing I've noted on on a lot of our shows with, you know, like talking to more regional uh, wrestlers and stuff like that, just getting like their take on uh, traveling and just, you know, these smaller promotions and stuff. And BKFC is on the rise. They have a lot of money in the background, but but on the local level, they still got to put butts in them seats, man. That that extra ticket money is that that's no joke. I mean, any 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 revenue missed is, you know a lot to all these organizations right now. I see you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's up? So my question for you, man, with all this going on is obviously, like you said, you know, you're a veteran of the game, you know, you fought BKB, you fought Bellator, you know, you fought all over the place. So it's another day in the office when it comes to the fight. But for you, do you think, do you ever see yourself fighting MMA anymore? Or do you, are you going to be just strictly, you know, bare knuckle from here on out? Yeah, I'm probably going to, I'm just going to be bare knuckle. Um, to be honest with you, you know, when I did my MMA run, a lot of people don't even realize it, but I did that as a hobby. I, I was doing quite well for myself and, uh, I just did it for fun. And I just happened to be that guy that had the look and, you know, the, the way that I fought that I got great opportunities to just go have fun. So, but, uh, BKB or the, the bare knuckle fighting, I should say, uh, through BKB and then on the BKFC has really lit a fire because it's as, you know, Kara Rowe and all my other trainers, you know, they all say the same thing, you know, Victor Torres, they all go, yo, this is, this was tailor made for my style of fighting. You guys watched me in MMA. Man, my first seven fights, I went six and one because I would shoot in tackle, take him down, ground and pound, be done. You know, Coleman had a lot to do with that. And when I went over to, uh, uh, Bellator, fought Eric Prendel and we just said, fuck it, let's just stand and bang. And we found, you know, obviously they like that promotions and fans, they rather see heavyweights just stand and bang. The problem is when you find heavyweights that don't want to stand and bang, I mean, seven, eight, not, you don't have to stand and just bang. And, uh, that was probably my downfall is because I just, all I really wanted to do was stand and bang. So this seems to be more, you know, cut for my, my type of fighting and the kind of fighter that I am. So, and, you know, I'm 42, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, a couple more years, few more years, depending on what the Lord uh, provides me physically, uh, this is where I'm going to stay. Yeah, I, I can respect that. I mean, go ahead, Corey. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. My bad. Zoom stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, because I know, you know, you've done both and you've had both BKB, you know, the MMA so now that we you were there at the last bare knuckle FC fight, obviously everybody that's watching this or that probably will watch this might have seen the clip that went viral from that last fight in the three second knockout. My question for you is being there in the building, what are your thoughts on that? And did you get to see it as it happened? And what was the vibe like around that place after that? Yeah, the uh I, I you know, that dude uh what's his name? Ursula or Ursula, whatever his fucking name is. Dude's a beast, but at the same time, man, when you, when I don't give a fuck who it is and I'm not dogging, you know, his three second knockout, it's fucking great, but his opponent was shredded, looked like, looked the part, looked like, oh man, this could be a fight. Yeah. 
But when you watch them get in there, this dude was like stone cold ghost. He was near in the headlights, hands at his hips. They said fight. And what's his name? Just ripped off a punch. Just drove off. Boom. Anybody that starts a fight flat footed, kind of staring in the space with their hands at their hips, you're getting knocked out, whether it's one second, two seconds, five seconds. So, yeah, it's fired. It's great. And, you know, it made sports center and everything like that. But fighters, you know, the dude's a beast. The guy that got the knockout, he's a beast taking nothing away from him. But you give anybody, any real fighter back from their opponent where they're going to stand there with their, their hands at their hips and just kind of like be near in the headlights, bro, you're going to get a fuck. You're going to get an under 20-second knockout. And uh, so, yeah, at the moment, it's fucking crazy. Everyone's going nuts, you know. But fighters are going to look at it and go, yeah, that's crazy. That's fat. Wow, so cool. But you're also going to go, yeah, but look at look at what the <laughs> what his opponent did. Either his opponent was psyched out or he just, you know, just wasn't ready. Well, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's what you wanted no, to say. I, or, no, but hey, <laughs> I no, we want to hear John his thoughts at. and that's what I got. So I'm good. But, well, <laughs> and especially with, uh, with the rule set that bare knuckle FC uses with the whole toe, the lion uh, moniker and stuff, the, the fact that you're literally starting within punching range, if like you said, if you even remotely start flat footed, you're just, it, it very well could end up in another three, three second knockout. You, you got to be immediately either offensive or defensive. You got to be one or the other, and you cannot be hesitant in that split second because it doesn't take much. I mean, that's for damn sure. Exactly. Well, that's why I wanted to ask, could you be in there? I mean, obviously it looks cool. You know, obviously dude knocked him out quick. Nobody can say nothing about it, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were being in the building because I mean, you can attest to this as well. You know, sometimes you can watch a fight and you know, it looks dope, like the knockout suite or whatever it is, but then you can be there and be like, well, dude kind of slipped as he got hit or what, you know what I mean? Like one of those yeah. kind of deals that maybe it doesn't translate as well across the screen. So I yeah. want to know from like a you know somebody who was there, you know what your thoughts were on that is as far as that goes. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely no slip, slip or anything. That boy went to sleep and he went to sleep yeah. fast. But uh, he basically he's basically one of the motherfucking jokers that was in a and uh, what do you call it? World star had his hands in his pocket talking shit with his face out like go ahead punch me and the motherfucker hit him put him to sleep. He's good about the same. That's a pretty accurate description, I'd say. I mean, that that genuinely nail on the head, dude. If there was like the bullseye emoji right now, I mean, I'd have to throw that bitch up on the screen. So my my question out of that for you, man, is like you said, in, be, in bare knuckle, it's so much different than when you're fighting uh, an MMA fight or, you know, a boxing fight, because obviously there's so much less padding. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on some of these guys? Like we saw Artem Lobov go over there. Now, he banged it out in the fight that we saw over there with him. But why do, what do you think is the biggest difference you see in some guys not being able to take the punch is the same in beat uh, bare knuckle as you see in a boxing fight or, you know, MMA for that matter. Cause you'll see guys go and bang in both of the other sports, but then you just see him in bare knuckle and it's just not the same or Paulie Mon- uh, Malinaji for that matter. Well, well, before you answer, can I make a good solid guess? And I'm guessing it's the whole 
bones of your hand well, to their face. I know face. that, but I'm saying <laughs> obviously getting hit in the obviously getting hit in the face. But I'm saying you'll see a dude take a shot and they just oh, it crumbles people. Man. You know what I mean? Really That's does. all I'm saying. For those who don't know, I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying. I'm just saying generally. Well, uh, to be honest with you, uh, so <sighs> I found this out pretty quick when I started. Uh, when I went over to Europe for my first fight, I had uh, walking pneumonia or, or some, whatever kind of bronchitis it was. But thank God, you know, BKB is kind of a wild west over there. and They're not regulated by a governing commission or anything. It's just two guys that had some money put it together, took from bail, bales of hay to ring. And so they were like, oh, mate, here. And they gave me some. I don't even know what the fuck it was. They gave me some kind of medicine they had over there to try to open my lungs. <laughs> so when you watch when you watch my first fight with Harry Miles, you'll see for 30 seconds of first of every round, I was whooping his ass. And all of a sudden it was like, whoop. All of a sudden it completely stopped. And it's just I couldn't breathe. And uh, <laughs> the one thing I found real quick is this sport is about heart. You can get hit with the MMA gloves, but you don't watch guys bang in MMA the same way they do with bare knuckle. And, and you also, in MMA, you have that escape. You've got that backup plan times six because you've got other things you can do. If I get hit and I don't like it, I can drop down and pick you up. If I don't like it, I can hug you. If I don't like it, you know, I can, I can start kicking to keep you away. Uh, bare knuckle, you, you, all you got is your hands. And BKFC is great because they make you toe the line, and you better fucking fight because if you don't fight, you ain't getting paid. And, you know, whether that's right or wrong, Dave don't make any – he don't give a shit. He's here to fucking put on a show, and he'll he'll dock your pay if you're a bitch and run. And this is where you find you find like there there's special specimens out there, and I think bare knuckle proves that there's a difference between having heart and having heart. So Pauline Malinaji is one of the best boxers of our era, like stud. Okay, yeah. he get in there, he got hit. You watch it, he didn't like it. Okay. Artem, Artem, he's not the best fighter in the world. You know, he, I've seen him get pieced up many times, but he has heart. That's not shit you can teach. You're just born with it. And same with like, uh, oh God, what's his name? Johnny Hendrick or Johnny, uh, uh, oh my God, what's his name? From Toledo. Well, now he's from Texas. But uh, Johnny Hendricks? Not Hendricks. They're, they're, he's a champ right now. Oh my God. He fought Josh uh, Shortstack Robinson. They had a war uh, in um. WXC. Shit, shit, shit. Uh, uh, um, Johnny Bedford? Bedford, there you go. So Johnny, yep. when I was doing it in UK, Johnny asked me to get him over there. Well, the UK brand, they're they're pompous. They're, they're really pompous Brits, you know? They live on an island the size less less smaller than Texas, but they think they're the fucking shit. And they <laughs> turned them down. And I tried to tell him, like, listen, dude, this is, a, this is a different breed dude. He will go through your boys. And course they turned him down they laughed at him well now look where he's at he's a champion for bkc and he's fought a lot tougher competition than you'd see in the uk uh he's one of those guys who's just cut from that cloth that you can't teach and you know i think i'm blessed in the fact i've always been that way myself you know mma i mean shit you watch me i fought justin Wren on three four week notice and justin been preparing for six months and they were you know toting him up about the pygmies or whatever the hell it was he was doing, which is a really good cause, all that for the water. And I went three rounds with them. I think I took 12 knees to the head and I just got tired, but you couldn't put me down. I've never been knocked out when I went to 205 was the closest I've been to being like knocked out was rich Hale 
I cut 80 pounds in, what was it, 90 days? And it was just too much too quick. So basically, I was dehydrated. I didn't know it. I felt great. And, you know, once I got clipped, I went, I locked up, but I never lost consciousness. That's the closest I've ever been to being, you know, knocked out. But uh, in BKB, uh, I was never, never hurt once. I mean, I've been cut. I had my nose ripped off uh, or my left side of my nose ripped up. Uh, but I never stopped fighting. I keep coming forward. And I think that's the difference with this between boxing and MMA is boxing. I mean, you're hitting me with pillows. Okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You get hit by a guy like Tyson. You're, you're going to be in trouble. 10 ounce gloves. But for the most part, you can, you don't feel shit when you box. You don't like when I spar, you don't feel things. The second you're in, in a bare knuckle fight, the very first jab, you feel it. I don't care how much endorphins you've got going. I don't care. You're going to feel it. And I think that's the difference. It's a matter of how much you want it, how much heart. And it's not even a mental thing. It's not like, oh, I can, I can push through this. I got it. No, your body says, fuck this. And your mind's like, done. I mean, you saw that with like a Victor Jones. You saw that with, I mean, you see it with multiple fighters in this in this sport where they're high-touted fighters. They're tough. They come in with great records. They get clipped. They're not knocked out cold. They literally are on their hands and knees, grabbing their face, sitting on their butt, like, re, you know, thinking like why why am i here if they're not paying me enough it, it don't even matter it could be a hundred grand it ain't worth it so i think that's the big difference that people don't get is like this is not something you can go grab something like, oh he's gonna be a great bare knuckle fighter you you got to find somebody who just has something in them you know and you're only you're only going to find that out when they're put in that position so you know like masvidal i think masvidal would be a fucking monster in this sport. I agree. He, I know he has that weird ass, you know, same thing as myself. He's got that weird ass hit that him and him. it makes him want to keep coming. It's like you said, he's got that dog in him, man. And it's, and it's something that you've shown that you've got. I mean, like you said, you've got how many fights in bare knuckle. My question for you is, you know, obviously the same thing that MMA kind of had to fight against was, you know, people calling it human cock fighting and all that stuff. Obviously, that's only going to be ramped up to another degree when it comes to bare knuckle. Do you think that, like, the rawness of bare knuckle will hurt it at all in its growth and popularity uh, in America because of how things are so PC now in 2020? Yeah, no. Yeah, first of all, fuck 2020 and all this PC bullshit. Right. Um, at the end of at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're Americans, man. We're the best in the world for a reason, and we love violence. We love combat, and bare knuckles safe is the safest sport there is. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to have a hell of a lot more superficial things, cuts, shit like that, hematomas, but as far as brain damage and true physical you know, uh, damage, it, it's, it's at a minimum. And I think personally, I think that's why the UFC is really – I mean, they're still freaking forced to be reckoned with, but they're not at the height that they were. I mean, there's a reason why the Fertitas got it. There's a reason why they did what they did when they did it. They're smart guys. Not saying they're still not a billion-dollar company, but it wasn't. It basically hit that ceiling, and now they're just trying to maintain. You know, they'll have up years, down years. I think you know, and even Dana White supports the BKFC. He loves the idea, the format, because it's not about you know, being better than MMA or being better than boxing, it's just excitement. It brings a different type of excitement. Like MMA brought a different type of excitement compared to boxing because boxing was starting to lull out. Mm -hmm. Boxing is never going anywhere. Boxing is an amazing sport, but it will have downs, you know, highs and lows. Uh, 
And when it went through its lows, boom, MMA hit the scene, Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner, boom, that shit hit the, and it never looked back. I think we're, uh, we're getting close to that with the BKFC. You're, you, we're going to have that, that type of fight uh, here soon. I, I, you, you can't say who it's going to be, but they're going to have that moment. And when it happens, I mean, we're all, I think the BKFC is already on the rise, but with the pandemic and all, you know, it is what it is. You know, you got your half that go, you know what? Fuck it. Let life go on. It is what it is. And obviously ain't going nowhere. Everybody's talking about masks, this, that. Man, fuck all this. Like, they've literally been doing this shit forever. And you're, you're telling me the 20% of people that are like, I'm not wearing a mask, that they're ruining the whole country. Give me a fucking break. At the end of the day, we're going to have to run the course. Let it get get through the human body. You guys already know. That's what I went to school for. Our, our immune system builds and gets strengthened by being introduced to shit. So, like I said, I had it. I'm fine. And, yo, I'm, I'm past the age that they say scary. I have underlining conditions, and I was fine. So, now, I'm not saying that some people weren't fine, but at the end of the day, this shit just needs to go. And they need to let all the sports, they need to let things just happen. And the fact that BKFC is still surviving and kind of thriving through this time, just think about when, when we get back to normal. Not the new normal, but back to the way shit was. I have a feeling this shit's going to it's going to start rival. It's going to be up there. And UFC, like they've already, Dana White, you can already tell they, they're working together because Dana White has his shit on Saturday, his big cards on Saturdays. Dave always has his on Fridays. So, you know, Lord willing, our country, man, we're going to have a great fucking time. We're going to have Friday nights or bare knuckle fights. Saturday nights are fucking UFC fights. I mean, that's yeah. a great, you know, lineup, in my opinion. Then on Sunday, we got football. So, that's just my opinion. I didn't mean to get political or anything. No, I'm just dude, no, totally cool, man, because I agree with you on the fact that Bare Knuckle FC, I feel like it provides like that other alternative also just in fighting. And I mean, just during the pandemic, I mean, yeah, you don't you can't have the fans like you normally would. But now is as good a time as any, in my opinion, for a promotion that's kind of growing and building because you've got more people at home right now to watch fights than you would have ever had before, even if it is the UFC. So I think BKFC couldn't have had a better time to start running more consistent fights. And I think that's why you're seeing more promotions starting to come back like XFC and all these other ones, you know, because you've got a wider and more captive audience. No, absolutely. You know, when this all first happened, uh, when they start locking everybody down, you know, a whole hell lot of good that did. Right. So, Locked everybody down, and, you know, Dave, he's like, you know what, fuck it. He, he put on a free show. You can watch it on YouTube. They made it free the entire show, and it was a good card. And, uh, you know, I think that captured and captivated a lot of audience, a lot of watchers, where they're like, damn, you know what? This, this is something. It's pretty wild. You know, it's, some, it's not like boxing. It's not a sweet science, you know, and it, but it's not MMA, which is, you know, if you're a, if you're a ground guy, you're like, oh, you you love watching grappling because you're paying attention to the intricate moves that yeah. people are doing. If you're a striker, you're like, man, get the fuck off the ground. You have multiple things, you know. You're not going in to watch bare knuckle fighting because, like, oh, let me see how smooth this guy moves and this. No, you're going there going, look, whoever fucking gets off first, whoever lands that first big shot, this it, it's going downhill for the other guy. And every once in a while, the crazy thing is, you'll watch a dude get knocked on his ass. And they got that heart like that Elmore. Um, I don't know him personally, but that dude got knocked on his ass. He got up and fought even harder. Got knocked yeah. down again, fought even harder, knocked his opponent down multiple times. Then you get those kind of fights, which 
that's just like, you know, superhuman in my opinion. It's, it's badass. So it, it's, it's definitely going to captivate a, a section of audience. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to levitate to it just for the pure, you know, one, the violence, but, but the sport of it, you know, I, I completely agree. Uh, Michael, I mean, Corey, I know you had something to go off of that. So I'll let you go real quick before I make my next point. Well, I was just going to kind of jump to uh, allude to the fact, like you were just saying, it kind of jumps back to, it shows the real heart that people have in there. If you're willing to take a solid, like you, with bare knuckle, I've seen jabs give people a serious eight on that 10 count. Like you said, people go in there and rethink their whole damn life. Like, why am I in here? Why am I doing this off of a jab? So that being said, you really do get to see the heart when you see a fight like that, where uh, I forget the name because I'm terrible with damn names. But um, when you see fights like that one where you do see a knockdown, but yet you see the the opponent come back actually more fired up. It's people that go into the bare knuckle with the almost I'll take a hit, but I'll hit you twice as hard mentality. Those are the ones that kind of seem to thrive under the uh, under the current rules almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and most guys, they don't. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of guys don't even know who, don't even know they have it until they're there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Julian Lane, one of my good friends, uh, really good guy. I mean, he went over to Europe and, you know, Jimmy Sweeney is a friend of mine. He's the European champion. Honestly, one of the pioneers of the, of the new age sport, like the dude's talented. It sucks that BKB has him by the nuts. Um, I mean, he probably wouldn't go anywhere anyways because he's real good friends with the owner. But it's because the owners take care of him, pay his, pay for his life. So if he were to ever come over here, he he would lose that, you know, that what I call a hand-fed meal. So, but Julian Lane went over to the UK and beat Jimmy, his first ever bare-knuckle fight ever. And Julian beat him. And, you know, Jimmy would say the same thing, you know, can't have excuses. You know, Jimmy did have excuses saying, you know, I wasn't in shape. I didn't take it serious. That's all fine and dandy, but at the end of the day, you lost. And Jimmy would own up to that. And then Jimmy came back, had a rematch with him, and Jimmy beat him. Now, Julian jumped over to BKFC because all the drama with the European guys. And uh, <laughs> I Julian have to answer that for me, but I'm pretty sure Julian lost his first fight. And it wasn't pretty. Like, he, he got clipped and he lost. Then Julian turns around and goes on a win streak. And Julian just took a fight, God, what, on, uh, I think it was like two weeks notice, he fought Alves, Alvarez. And even though it was Alvarez's first bare knuckle fight, Alvarez, the pit bull, he's a bad motherfucker. And, but by that time, Julian knew that he's a dog. He's in there for that dog fight. And, dude, that was one of the best fights that I've seen this year to date. Like, it was a badass fight, and that's because Julian has that fucking, that, that dog in him, that fight. And, uh, the great thing is, is that every once in a while, you'll, you just, you stumble upon a guy that has that. So like example, my fight coming up, we already know I got it. Now the guy I fight, uh, you know, Chris sorrow, we don't know. I mean, I could get in there and find it myself in a five round war with this dude. It's highly possible. You never know, but you also tend to uh, pay attention to people and how they respond, how they react. You know, this was this motherfucker, I do a couple podcasts and I guess he doesn't like what I say because you guys know how I, I'm not dogging nobody. I'm just saying, yo, 
when I was saying his background, his record, all that, his credentials, it's not something I would hang my hat on and go around and be all proud about. I would be low key about it. Come in low key because it's really not much to stand on. Even if I was a Billy badass. So this motherfucker, <laughs> he's sending me threatening fucking Facebook messages telling me he's going to step over my corpse and uh, calling me derogatory statements. And I'm just like, damn, bro. Like you show you, you can definitely tell you a rookie because I had a podcast and you, that got under your skin bad enough to where you, you putting up shit on my, about my personal life up on your Facebook and sending threatening messages. I'm just like, I sit back, I laugh. I'm just like, I'm already in your head, bro. I'm already in your head. And I, I wasn't even talking to you. So now wait until I see you in person, you know? So, uh, it's going to be a good time. So, and I mean, a divert off a subject there, but where I was going to go anyway, man, you know, you're going into this fight. Obviously dude is already shook. You're in his head. So as we get ready to wind down here, we got about five minutes left. Let the fans know and anybody who's new to BKFC or new to Josh, the hammer burns. How do you see this fight going? And uh, any last words for your opponent with all this shit talking? Well, I mean, as far as for everyone though, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you're going to see me come in. I mean, you guys have seen my last few fights. I kind of got fucked over a little bit over in Europe, and I lost motivation. I'm not going to lie. So that's why I came in 275, 280, overweight, just just wasn't feeling it, you know? Still knocked my dudes out, but it just looked like dog shit. Well, uh, as of today, I'm uh, about 260, 259. Probably by fight day, I'll be 255. So I'm back down to my prime weight. So no matter what happens, uh, I'm, you're going to see a good, sharp Josh Burns. And I'm assuming this cat's going to come and be sharp. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that's what he's going to do. I mean, he's all fired up. And as far as having words for him, I shit, I ain't got no words for him, bro. Like, you know, when I see you, when we, when I see you in the, in the ring, I'm, I'm going to fucking try to rip your jaw off. I and mean, that's, that's what I do, you know? And now am I going to be your boy after the fight and buy beers and be cool? Nah, probably not because of the personal attacks and shit he said, but I don't take anything. I'm not taking it personal. I just know his character. He lacks character and he's, he's not one of those individuals that he's fake. He's one of those fake guys. I had a lady hit me up and I, I'll keep it confidential, but she hit me up and this motherfucker is going around putting this guy on his banners and doing all this shit. Some guy he says is his friend. Well, this girl is the ex-wife of, or the wife, sorry, of this past individual. And she's like, yo, they were never really friends. My husband didn't like him. He tried to stay away from him. And then one like date him and do she had to file a personal uh, restraining order so if that doesn't show a lack of character yo you know i don't know what does so this dude's just a fake dude um i hope i hope he's got you know the grit to to fight and take some shots you know i mean he's told me like oh you're gonna get that look in your face like oh fuck what did i get into but bottom line is bro I mean, I've been doing this a lot longer and a lot higher level, and I ain't never done that once. So ain't nobody hit me and make me go, oh, shit, you know? And I have a feeling that it's the reverse. I have a feeling he's going to get popped, like you said, with a jab. You're going to get popped with a stiff jab, and you're going to look in his face and, hey, maybe he's tough as nails. He's like, fuck, okay, I'm in for it. But my opinion is I think he folds. So I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I think he's like a three-legged chair. He's going to fall. It's just a matter of when. So, but that's, that's it. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying, you know, I hope for the best fight, but at the end of the day, y'all going to see me come out. I'm going to try to rip the motherfuckers throat out. That's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to kill and because it's legal. And if I do put them down, it is what it is. So 
that's it. Amen. There ain't nothing else to be said. Josh the Hammer Burns coming in hot December 11th, looking to take home another body with him out of that BKFC ring. And as always, brother man, I just want to thank you for your time. Let everybody know where they can find you on all your social media and all that good stuff and where they can find the fight. Uh, oh, man. So the fight is on the BKFC app. Uh, you can use the hashtag back. I think it's like backslash burns um, and you guys get a discount on it. Uh, That'll be in the link to the description. Do we lose it? Yeah, we. I think we lost him. But like Josh was saying, you can get the fight on the BKFC app. I will have the link into it with the. Uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. What, what? I was just I was t- saying what you were because it cut it out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No. So. So yeah. But it's it's you know use my code. I think it's like three bucks, four bucks. Um, if you just do it on your own, it's five or six bucks. But it's definitely worth it, man. Whether you use my shit or not, just you guys got to check it out at least once. And, uh, you know, get to see a hometown boy go in there and do some damage. And no matter what happens, win, lose, or draw, there's going to be blood and someone's going to get knocked knocked out, knocked down. It's going to be brutal. And that's that's the whole the whole part of the game, man. That's the fun of it. All right. Hey, man. Well, we appreciate your time, brother, man. We're definitely going to be watching it here. And until next time, man, do your business, homie. All right, brother. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Yeah, hey. Later, man. Later. Hey, man, I don't know. He said it himself. Somebody's going to sleep. Somebody's bleeding. And until next time, man, make sure you're checking it out December 11th. And make sure you're checking us out this Thursday. We're sitting down with Justin, Mm -hmm. the Guitar Hero James, ahead of his fight for the UFC going on this Saturday. Make sure you're following us over there at YouTube and hit that subscribe button. And as I said, the links to Josh's uh, code for BKFC will be in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. And until next time, and in the in-between time, peace.